here for one of my favourite podcasts, The Stars of the Spring. This time we did Stars of the Autumn a while back. We did. Um, let's start with the three-year-olds. I probably mm. get the most fun out of the three-year-olds, watching the three-year-olds. Um, to get us in check, why don't we watch The Golden Rose to remind us of a bunch of three-year-olds we have at the moment. Yeah, you let your eyes. Yeah. This was, this was a strongly run, strongly run race. Um, cylinder, not much luck. Would have caught three wide there. You look at militarise, he's in the red cap behind Cylinder and you think, how did he win from where he was? Even now, we're about 150 out, he still looks no chance. Then the 150 just starts to power and uh, gets up there right on the line, Magic Man. Yeah. Um, big win for his profile. Um, and the thing about that horse, militarise, that's been a feature of all of his wins, even in, as a two-year-old when he won the size and the champagne, he's just powering late. Yes. Um, and those horses weren't stopping like his you know, late section of him through the line was sort of very, very fast. He's just a horse that wants distance, wants pressure in his races to sort of show his best. I still don't think we've seen the best of him. He was pretty good in the Fox Plate with his mm. usage. And I think you know, 2,000 metres, genuine pace, um, pretty good horse. He's only two and a bit lengths off those top eight grade horses. So mm. I think he's, uh, he's the best three-year-old. In, with hindsight, do you think that he would have been favourite against Tom Kitten in the spring champion? You look back now, maybe there would have been. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So he's a better horse than Tom Kitten? For sure. I mean, yeah. he went round, you know, whatever price he did in the Cox Plate, right, at weight yeah. for age. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tom Kitten was good in the spring champion, as we discussed in the Saturday session of this thing. But, but yeah, I mean, he's you know, two-time group one winner as a two-year-old, as I said, just powering to the line, wants 2,000. Won that race there, like wasn't entitled to win from where he was. So yeah, I'm looking forward to to him in the autumn race, yes. like the Rose Hill Guineas. Yes, um, this is militarised. Yeah, yeah. militarised. Yeah. So yeah, maybe uh, Joe Moreira will get back on in the autumn, and yeah, I think we'll see a see a winner there. Yeah. So if we roll to to the Caulfield Guineas, and after the Golden Rose, it seemed like yeah, the uh, three odd ranks were going to be dominated by Cylinder, Militarised, and Chinzo, but as we now know, it didn't really turn out like that. Yeah, Caulfield Guineas, Griff, old tactics go to the front. They didn't go very quick here. You see Militarise out the back there, just totally unsuited. But Griff, look, from the front, had it his own way. We actually ran a decent rating. He's quite a progressive horse. He won the Stutt Stakes before this in a new peak. He's gone up here and won this race. You just see here he looks sort of vulnerable there to V8, but was strong again on the line. Um, nothing was really making a huge impression on him. So, hmm. might be a decent horse in the autumn. We Big odds that day, but he might be bit underestimated because I think that was you know, he had things to suit. It was a decent enough win um, in the right stable. Uh, yeah, wanted to keep an eye on him. Yeah, and then we move on to the race that we saw yesterday, the Coolmore. Um, Osmosis was a bit of a spruik horse early on, wasn't it? Um, short price favour in one of those early kind of lead-up races at Rose Hill, I think it was. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. Roman Consul, so I think he ran in behind King's Gambit, who was scratched from this race after on this second or third pick in the market at an elevated temperature. Um, yeah, it's strong win, osmosis. Yeah. yeah. Um, sustained speed, really yeah. good win, nice colt. Let's pull it up now and watch it. Yes, you see, Rachel King went to the front here. And like, he's there to be beaten now, um, especially by Shinzo and, and others. But he just kicked in and, and threw the line. I felt like he was holding them all. There was nothing really sort of powering just these last three or four strides there, even though I'm unstoppable. You know, he's holding them all through the line. Mm. Um, I haven't rated the race yet, but I had a quick look at the sectionals on racing.com. 
and he did all the work up front setting the speed. And his last 200 was only like 0.03 slower than I'm at Stubble, was second best in the race. So I think whenever you get a leader that's also the strongest or virtually the strongest in the last 200, yeah. um, you're showing a race with a bit of substance. So um, he showed the potential to be a really good colt and he delivered on, on Right Connections day. seem pretty happy. Very, very happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, son of Zustar, who won this race by out of uh, yeah by Northern Media, who won this race and back to Imposter Delago, who also won it when it was called the Ascot Vale. So, mm. um, yeah, great, great result um, for, for the connections. And yeah, he looks a really nice colt. He stepped up on the big stage and did the job. And as I said, that was sustained speed and and still you know, one of the strongest late. So. They tip yeah. him out now. He wouldn't run in the champions next week. No, so no, no. Straight. He'll go straight out now. He's yeah. done his job. He's built his profile. Valuable yeah. stallion now. Um, come back in the autumn and look off that win. You'd say he's got a lot more to, to offer because outside of King's Gambit, he's really the best three-year-old sprinters were there. Mm. Um, yes. Cylinder maybe came to the end of his prep. Mm. I'm not sure if he pulled up with an issue or something. Um, but Shinzo had every possible chance after yes, he's all the been, sprue do from his stable. Has he been a bit disappointing in this preparation? Yeah, look, I mean, he's had a couple of excuses and, and the Wallace stable were really bullish that he was still going tremendously well, um, which you had to respect because Chris Wallace's record in the three meters is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he had every chance there. He was there to run down Osmosis and, and Osmosis pulled away again from him. So look, wouldn't be the first slipper winner that didn't come up as a three-year-old and reach his previous peak. So yeah, so Osmosis, very impressive. And, and as I said, yeah, it was more than just a win. I think there's a bit of substance there, being one of the strongest late as a leader. So um, interesting to see. And finishing off the three-year-olds, we had the derby yesterday. Riff mm. Rocket did what he needed to do to get to win. Um, not a particularly vintage derby, I'm assuming. No, I mean, it was uh, a yeah, great race. Him and Apulia sort of in, in, in the end, sort of going to the two different form lines. Sunset there as well. And yeah, yeah, Sunset was there. Proved that, you know, the win when he had a bit of a softer time up front was no fluke. Um, but yeah, seeing those two form lines from the bars and, and its classics sort of come together there. Um, again, haven't rated that race yet. I think it's going to be an okay derby without being particularly strong. Um, it's been a while since the derby's produced a really, really good horse. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go back. Um, wow, efficient. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, he went on to win a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was a great horse. But um, I think, like, Hitotsu was, was, you know, Really good horse, and except for sort of going amiss. Um, before that, I've got to go back to like Tarzino in 2015, who came out and won a Rose Hill Guineas. Um, Tarzino and Hitotsu are the two highest rated Derby winners, and better not in this for me. Mm. Um, it's been a couple of really ordinary years, to be honest. Um, I think this year's probably going to be sound without sort of being great. Um, but yeah, as I said, a long time since a really good horse has come out of the Derby, so time will tell if either of those two can sort of step up in the in the autumn, and, and they might find themselves like in a Rose Hill Guineas against Mount um, Verizon, maybe a two year old as yeah. well. So, mm. yeah. Just before we finish off the three year olds, got the Oaks on Thursday. Anything jumping out at you there? Look, nothing to be honest. I think it's such a it, the Phillies, the, the staying Phillies are just um, not a lot there at the moment, to be honest. It's going to be a really difficult race. We saw the Wakeful on, on Saturday, um, and there's nothing in last hold off. Neither of those. I mean, something has to win the Oaks, right? But yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's really devoid of sort of quality at the, at the top end this year. Um, it's probably open, so if you like something, um, yeah. probably take a look at back it. Because, yeah, I think the race is really good. Cool. Mm. Let's talk about the stayers. So we're recording this before the Melbourne Cup, so it's a bit hard mm. to do a proper deep dive into the stayers. But you can quickly watch the Caulfield Cup. 
Um, he was out of fight, did his job. Yeah, great win. Caulfield Cup, I mean, he was second up here off a softly run 1800. This was a brutal 2400 metres. Um, he was really good tracking wide there around the bend, covering some extra ground. Um, and then just his level pegging here with, with gold trip. And then just um, yeah, it gives him a little bit of a hip and shoulder there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's going really well. Got past West Wind Blows, who was really good in the Turnbull, we saw. Um, mm. The race rated quite well. Uh, he was strong late there, so it's a proper Caulfield Cup win, I think, and awesome training performance, like second up, 1824. Um, yeah, really, really nice horse. I think that's a good bit of form. We'll see how it holds up in the Melbourne Cup, but yeah, good, good race there. What do you think about the rule that West Wind Blows is not allowed to run in the Cup? Can you just explain it very quickly and then your opinion on it? Yes, apparently the the rule is that um, internationals coming here, they can have one lead-up run into the Melbourne Cup, um, but you're not allowed to have two runs here and then compete in the Melbourne Cup. So I think that's a reaction to all the publicity about fatalities in the Melbourne Cup and international injuries and things like that. They have to be seen to be doing something. Is there any scientific thing behind it? I don't know. Yeah. Probably not because West Wind Blows is allowed to go and run in another race, uh, not the Melbourne Cup. Um, but look, they have to be seen to be doing something. You can't do nothing, um, given the publicity around it. And the fact is, everyone knows the rules are right. So if you want to run in the Melbourne Cup, you just structure the prep. Um, have your one lead up here. Um, he, he opted to go to the Caulfield Cup, almost got the prize there. Um, we might see him in that 2,000-metre Olympic Stakes on the last day of the carnival. He might just be hard to beat. So, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, the logic behind the rules may be questionable, but the fact is they have to do something. Everyone knows the rules and play on. So. Let's move on to the sprinters. So when we did the Stars of the Autumn, um, I gave you a chance. I said, you can pick any sprinter you want, take it into the spring. And I cop a lot of shit about being a mock and, and whatnot. <laughs> do you remember what horse you chose when I gave you the choice to choose any sprinter? Did I say think about it? Let's watch what, what you chose. Okay. Last question on the sprinters. You're allowed, you can own one horse for the spring, you personally, any, any, sprinter? The sprinter, any sprinter and you can, you get to, who do you want to take? Who's your? Oh, I'd have to be Giga Kick, I'd say. Really? Okay. Yeah. With that upside. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's go now and watch Giga Kick's, Giga Kick's one and only start <laughs> this preparation. Here we are. There he is. Willow on board. About to go into overdrive and then there's this horse down the outside that goes, Wooshka. Who's that? Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Giga kick, eh? I think that's because I was sitting next to you. Bit of might have rubbed it, off. Huh? Um, yeah. So first question as we get into the sprinters, there was a you know a big, big blow up really after <coughs> that race. Um, see the connections that Giga kick weren't happy. Willow got booted, and we are where we are now. And mm. Giga kick mm. went amiss and whatnot. Do you think that it was fair the criticism that Willow caught from the connections? I oh, look probably not. I mean, but they're the connections. They're entitled to you're not happy with something, whether it's other people have different opinions. Theirs is the only opinion that matters, really. They're the ones engaging the jockeys and whatever reason they weren't happy with the ride, they're entitled to changes. You could probably debate, you know, how things are handled, whether they're handled publicly or privately. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, as, we're, as we've seen, he had some sort of issue, whether it was there in that race or not, we don't know. And um, there's certainly been no shame getting the home territory record. So, mm. yeah, so we might have put the... Put the mock on him, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, he gets back because he was a very, yeah. very, very, very good sprinter. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Good. But, yeah, the landscape changes, as we know. Yeah, so let's roll. Let's watch the uh, the Everest. Yep. Arguably the biggest sprint race of the 
yeah. spring. Great race. Yeah. Um, think about it, winning again, a perfect trip, private eye unlucky outside him. Um, I wish I win. My opinion wasn't unlucky, especially if you watch the overhead. He was um, inconvenienced by barely half a stride. Uh, and if you just watch the last three or four strides here, I think think about it's holding, holding him through the line. I wish Owen wasn't powering to the line like a horse that was unlucky. Just here, you see, he wasn't really, you know, running sort of past him there. Um, yeah, think about it. Got the job done. Private Eye was unlucky. I still don't know how he didn't win on Saturday. Yeah, um, I know I backed him on Saturday just at the value. I thought. Think about it. Um, I was patting myself on the back with plenty of others when he raced clear, and then he fell in Nicotina. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Congrats to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good race. Um, Fox said it was a solid sprint race for the top level, but not elite. And I think, again, we saw a relatively compressed finish there. Cylinder wasn't far behind them. So, um, yeah, good sprint race. Great concept, obviously. It's been very exciting. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to see Imperatries there, but we're going to see a bit of that, um, hopefully, in the champion sprint when In Secret goes down there. Yeah, so let's quickly to, let's watch the Manicato when, obviously, Imperatries... Got all her way, own way in front, didn't she? There's a bit of criticism that the, the other jockeys just let her have a way in front, like they were just racing for second, really. Yeah, I don't think so. When you look at the figures, like she went at a respectable speed. She wasn't walking in front. She didn't go hard, but it was a you know decent enough speed for Group 1. Um, and, yeah, look, I mean, at the 400, they're all under the pump, and she was still cruising. She did it easy. Um, another strong rating. Technically, on, on facts and figures, you'd say Australia's best sprinter, yeah. especially after we saw, think about it, get rolled by Bella Nicotina on Saturday in the Guineas in the Stakes. Um, but, yeah, there is that query that all of her forms at Mooney Valley. Um, we have a theory that she's maybe not as good the Sydney way. But, yeah, we're gonna, as we said, we're going to get to see the champion sprint in secrets coming down. Um, she loves the straight, her mm-hmm. two best wins, the Coolmore last year and then the Newmarket Northern type mm-hmm. straight. She also ran really well in that Everest. She was a long way back and sort of came home in really quick sections, yes. not that far behind them. So that's going to be a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating contest. Yeah, the dollar seventy, dollar seventy, three dollar seventy, um, in secret, and then you're at sort of $10, a $12 Star Patrol, $15 cylinder. Can't see cylinder running in it, can you? Oh, no, I'd assume, yeah, it's probably already in the paddock yeah. after, after Saturday. And you've got Espiona, Lofty Strike, so it's pretty thin there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it'd be a magnificent race. So what are you doing? I don't know. It's interesting. I couldn't take a dollar seventy Imperatrice, to be honest. Um, even though she'll take the best ratings in the races, as I said, you probably couldn't get two um, polar opposite tracks than Mooney Valley and Flemington. So mm-hmm. um, you know, she's established all of her form at Mooney Valley. She may prove to be as good up the Flemington straight. Um, so her best forms at the Valley, in secret's best form at Flemington type of straight. Yeah, it's going to be a great contest. Mm. Um, just A, to see if Imperatrice can can confirm her elite talent away from Mooney Valley. And also just to get that tie in with the Everest form. There's a lot of, uh, you know, I was on record putting out the ratings saying Imperatrice you know, has the highest ratings. A lot of people happy with that. A lot of people saying, oh, she's beating the Guineas and mm-hmm. things like that. And the Everest was the best race. And I don't really get into those debates because I do what I do. And that's, you know, it's people can do their own thing and be defended by that. Um, but it'll be nice to see those sort of tie-ins. I won't be surprised if either wins, to be honest. Mm. Um, my gut feel is maybe 370 in secret, just maybe tiny bit of value there. Mm. Um, Reminiscent of when Haylist and Black Caviar went at it. It was 2010. Do you remember that? 
I do early on in Black Caviar's career, Black Caviar's about dollar eighty. Halis was four dollars, and um, Black Caviar went bang. So. Yeah, I'm not sure that Imperatrice is Black Caviar. We've, we've, we've spat about this before. I'm not suggesting <laughs> yeah, that. I'm just yeah, saying, no, 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 saying the, the betting proposition. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'm looking forward to talking to you in a year about where Imperatrice is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, she's, you see, I, I record this and I'll play it in a year's time when, <laughs> when Imperatrice has won 12 straight. When she's yeah, <laughs> rating 120. When she's beating them all. Yeah, but no, look, she's a, she's a great, yeah, great sprint. Um, people say she's beaten nothing and beaten those second graders, but that's why we look at the clock and people that do what I do spend a lot of time, a lot of years winning championships. Um, you know, it's another high-profile case of people trying to tell me that I beat nothing and can't be that good. You're incentivised to smash it. And you can line it up properly. Um, it's exciting to horses that might have that elite level of talent, um, and she's been showing that. Uh, the big query is, yeah, can she do it away from any value? Mm-hmm. That's sure. the, yeah. that's what you need to see. Yeah. Um, kind of hope she does because she deserves to yeah. prove that her spin is good. Yeah. Um, let's move to middle distance, and before we do that, you made some interesting commentary about the middle distance or the weight grade stock in our stars of the autumn. Let's have a listen to that. You, you basically think that the, the weight for age stocks are going to be pretty light on for the um, spring. Yeah, 100%. I think it's commonly talked about how our middle distance weight for age stocks are generally, you know, lower anyway than, than years gone by and, and certainly on the world stage. Um, but if we think about this year, Animo is going to be going to stud. Yeah. Um, I'm Thunderstruck's no longer with us. Um, there's a query over Zaki. He's going to go around in the all-age, but didn't sort of come up well, so we didn't see him race in the autumn. He's going to be, I think, a nine-year-old by the time the spring comes around. Um, El Bodegon was was third in the Cox Plate last year, I think it was. Um, he's sort of done nothing mm. this prep, staying in Australia. Um, so You've got yeah. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside's there. Questionable about strong 2,000 metres for him. Alligator blood, similar. Um, so all of a sudden... Zaki, Animo, I'm Thunderstruck have sort of been the three best performed horses in that middle distance range. Um, potentially aren't going to be there. Yeah. Um, well, two of the three definitely won't be there. We don't know about Zaki. Um, so, yeah, it leaves the stocks even thinner than what we've been used to. So um, there doesn't look to be a huge amount coming through the three-year-olds. Mm. Um, so, you know, where are the good horses going to come from? Amelia's um, Jewel. She's definitely potential, whether they get to that trip this spring or whether they stick to something like a Golden Eagle mm. um, with the big money on offer there. Um, Everything suggests that that's what they're going to do. They're going to go, yeah. not go to the Cox Plate, go to the Golden Eagle. Yeah, and that's Michael a once-in-a-career opportunity yeah, to race when you're four years old. The, yeah. the other races will be there after that. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it potentially comes down to overseas horses in the spring, either visitors or, as we've seen before, overseas horses that are purchased by Australian Connections to, to come here and race. Um, but, yeah, I honestly believe that, that come the spring, our middle distance stocks could be even weaker than what we're used to. Benefit of hindsight, where do, you, where do you think we are at with the weight for age stocks? I don't think it's much different to what I said there, to be honest. Mm. I think um, you know, Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, had outstanding preparations. Rated a tiny bit better than what I sort of had them previously, but not significantly better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think the Cox Plate wasn't especially strong. Mm. Let's play the King Charles now yep. um, to get us up to speed. Yep. So this was Fangirl here. Mr. Brightside was a strong favourite in this race. I, uh, Fangirl pushed him out of the way there and just blew straight past him. Um, he went to a massive new peak, just exploded with elite sort of sectionals here. Um, the Planets did align a little bit that day with a firm traction, an inside draw. James McDonald helped her hold her position a little bit better than what she has in the past. Um, 
Mr. Brightside was a little bit below his best. Um, but yeah, she was she was phenomenal. Um, ran well in the Cox Plate again. Unlucky, super unlucky in the Cox Plate. Let's roll yeah. the Cox Plate straight away. Yeah, she was very unlucky. Um, there's a couple of unlucky runners here. Look at she, her there. She's yeah, flat she was as well. When you watch the overhead, she was actually making really rapid ground on the inside and just got held up when she needed to be sort of surging through. Um, alligator blood here kicking uh, Mr. Brightside. Great ride on that horse after missing the start. Um, I think it's worth noting on the day there, it was an advantage to race on the inside at Mooney Valley. So I think Romantic Warriors win had a little bit more merit. There was only two winners on the day, him and Apulia. Memory that sort of sat too wide in the run. All the others were leading or on the fence off the pace. Um, but yeah, great race. Very bunch finish with a couple of unlucky runners. Still don't know how Romantic Warrior won. Yeah, just J Mac, right? Gets the um, big. Yeah, yeah. Like just the big push. We yeah. saw him do that again in the Derby yesterday, didn't yeah. we? So um, yeah, but I mean, super race, very exciting. You see Gold Trip close up there again. He was disadvantaged trying to loop around them. It was very hard that day at Mooney Valley to sort of loop around the field and make ground. Most of the horses were really coming from the inside and emerging late. So, yeah, good race. But, yeah, as I said, I mean, I think, you know, it's easy to think that, hey, it was strong, Mr. Brightside, Alligator Blood, but we just have to go back 12 months ago when they were sort of off the off the pace. Not too far, but it was clear that Thunderstruck Anima mm. and Zaki, to a lesser extent, were sort of better horses. So I don't think, you know, as older horses would have improved that much even if they had very good preps. So, yeah, so I think our ranks are still... Pretty, pretty, pretty thin. That's on, a big yeah. challenge for, for racing in Australia to get those middle distance horses. And at the moment, again, it looks like you know, it's going to come from imports um, that are being bought overseas to come and race here. Yeah, so we've got two great weight for aid races uh, on Saturday in the Champions Stakes and also the um, the Champions Mile. Have you managed to have a bit of a look? And West Wind Blows dominates the Champions Stakes 270. Then you've got Duas 550, Prowess 6 bucks, Mr. Brightside 650. Alligator blood seven dollars. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of yeah. toing and froing. People look at what nominations go where before they decide where they put their horses. But yeah. so, Mr. Brightside or Alligator Blood, they could go to that two thousand meters or the mile. Yeah, right? and that'll be interesting to see which way they which way they go. Um, so I think yeah, West Wind blows. Looks interesting. You say that you got Mr. Brightside and Alligator Blood three dollars and three twenty. For the Champions Mile, mile yeah. And then yeah. you've got Fangirl at 460 and then it's right out to $15, buckaroo. So. I mean, that'd be a great race yeah. to see those three horses in the mile race. Um, 1,600 at $20. Yeah, yeah, it's something to see. Um, yeah, the 2,000 be interesting. Um, West Wind Blows was great in the Turnbull, as we saw, very good in the Caulfield Cup on pace, sticks on. Um, Jewess went very well in the Cox Plate there. Um, another horse that, when you watch the overhead, just needed a gap to appear at the right time, but she was wedged in between Romantic Warrior and Alligator Blood. And neither of those two were going much better than the other, so there was no gap that opened up. Hmm. Um, if she had a got that run when she needed it, then I think she finishes a lot closer and is also riding the finish. Hmm. Um, and she won an Australian Cup 2000 at Flemington. Very, very impressive setback off a big speed and sort of blew them away. So she's a... Now, now that she's back in form, she's a very good chance in the race as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be great Champions Day, two good races. Just talking about it here, I'd love to see Alligator Blood and, and Brightside go to that mile race and match up with Fangirl. I think they're yeah. one of the highlights of the of the carnival. That's for sure. You've got a leader in Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, that sort of sits handy, and Fangirl will, depending on her draw, probably be back a bit. So, yeah, um, yeah some great racing. Just before we finish up, the two-year-olds, um, seen the, the breeders 
plate and the gym crack and also the English banner and stuff. Anything jumped out at you at all in any of the two-year-old races yet? Yeah, not out of those races. I thought both the breeders and the, the gym cracking rated fairly moderately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, all those horses have a chance to improve and take a big leap ahead. Um, but just looking back through history, those races, conditions of those races that have rated moderately, there hasn't been much come through them, so I'm quite mindful of that. Um, the two best two-year-olds I've seen so far this year were uh, Bold Bastille, who won on Cox Plate Day, two-year-old mm-hmm. filly, um, with Ben and J.D. Hayes, by Blazing Doe. Um, she had great sustained speed at Moon Valley. But what I also like about her win was she was not only fast through the early and middle, but she was really strong late. So I think she's got quite a bit of substance there. Um, plenty of good signs about her going to 11 and 1,200 metres. Uh, and Shangri-La Express won in Sydney on the 1st of October, I think it was. Um, again, Adrian, two-year-old, um, again... Good speed, um, good late substance, it's a nice horse. So they're probably the only two at this stage, I'd say, that have shown like proper stakes class talent. The ranks have been pretty thin outside of that. Um, but look, the, the great thing about two-year-old racing is every week's an opportunity for new talent to emerge. That's always fun. Um, watching the races and then assessing them afterwards and trying to pick out those that you might be able to go on to beat against the big races later early in the year and early in the all right, mate. Well, thank you very much. You've helped us a lot over the last couple of weeks with our content. Everyone enjoys your insight. Um, you're in the clear now. In the clear, oh, yep. Yeah. Go and do some form for Tuesday, type up Melbourne Cup preview, and, yeah, there's plenty of other races as well yeah. on Melbourne Cup Day, not only at Flemington but all across Everywhere. the country. So it doesn't matter um, if $3 winner or $5 winner is the same, no matter where you are. Just come back. Yeah, yeah. So get back to work. Um, maybe have a bit of dinner or something later on. and Maybe um, one or two beers. Yeah, have a couple of drinks, glass of wine or something, and yeah, we'll enjoy the call of the card tomorrow. Yeah, and, um, yeah look forward to a couple of weeks. Unreal, Dano. Thank you, sir. Pleasure.